Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Angela Spangler. She's a senior director on the global market development team at the International Well Building Institute. Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So Angela, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, So I have been in the wellness industry for the past decade. I actually uh, studied everything from architecture, psychology, research in a biology lab, got my master's in human environment relations from Cornell University. And I have been crazy enthusiastic and passionate about health and well-being in the built environment. I love that. That's fantastic. It sounds like you had an interesting journey, you know, in academia leading up to where you are now. So tell me a little bit more about the International Well-Building Institute. So the International Well-Building Institute, or IWBI for short, is the global authority on creating people first places. And we do that through our evidence-based framework called the Well-Building Standard. The well-building standard seeks to create better environments where all people can thrive, whether that's through building design, policies, or operations. It creates a series of recommendations that organizations can implement to really improve human health outcomes. Interesting. So tell me, let's let's dive in a little bit more. Tell me a little bit more about this this well-building standard. So the standard is based on a 10 concept framework and it's all evidence-based and third-party verified. So we'll set the strategy on things like how clean the air needs to be, how clean the water needs to be, what the acoustics, the temperature, the lighting should be. And all of these recommendations are based with the sole focus on improving human health outcomes. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned before, it could be anything from design strategies, like encouraging more physical activity by building a grand central staircase, or it could be policy related features, something that has to do with mental health support, encouraging people to take time off when they're sick, um, giving people paid time off when they have families or expand their families. Um, So it's really this holistic framework. Um, One of the kind of key differentiators of our program is that everything is third-party verified, Mm -hmm. whether that's through on-site performance testing or whether that's through, you know, a set of documentation review. Anyone on the line who's familiar with the LEAD framework, LEAD is really all about environmental sustainability and WELL is really all about human sustainability. So that's kind of a helpful context to to think about the program. That's fantastic. And I imagine, you know, the work that the the Well Building Institute is doing is very impactful on the well-being and, you know, the the state of, you know, different different companies. Absolutely. We have seen tremendous growth over the last few years. Um, The origin story for Well started way back in the early 2000s when our founders were actually working on Wall Street. They entered their LEED Platinum Certified Building and thought, what about the people? 
And so they started upon a long research journey with um, leading building health professionals, leading medical professionals, partnerships with organizations like the Mayo Clinic, um, really to study how space influences human health. And when we started back in 2014, we were in our very first iteration of the standard, you know, fast forward a few years, we introduced a second version of the standard, we introduced an opportunity for organizations to apply subsets of the standard. Um, and we've really seen exponential growth in the last few years in particular. One of the key things that's changed about my role in the past few years is that I used to have to explain that air quality was important. Uh -huh. and I think now everyone just kind of gets it, right? Um, so it's been really rewarding to see this collective understanding of how space does influence your mental health and your physical health and all of these aspects of who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And do you find that the Wellbuilding Institute tends to interface with different industries more than others? Do you see trends in that? Absolutely. So we, we don't discriminate. We work with all organizations of any size. Um, it's in the name international. We've got projects in over 125 countries around the world. Um, currently, we're working with more than 25% of the Fortune 500 organizations. And we'll work with anything as small as your local school district, maybe a retail institution, your gym, any, any building type can benefit from applying the strategies within the well-building standard. That's fantastic. And, you know, with your, you know, expertise based on your background, is there any different kind of areas that you tend to lean into a little bit more? I personally love working with our school projects. Um, I think it's really rewarding. One of the main things that brought me to well in the first place was just how much we're focused on proactive interventions, preventative health care. Why let people get sick if you can create an environment that will encourage them to thrive in the first place? Um, so I actually wrote in my cover letter to IWBI that the best way to make the most meaningful impact is to start with schools. And when you train the next generation on what a healthy environment looks like and feels like, and when they come up in a healthy environment, then they can start demanding that in their workplace, in their community centers, in all the buildings that they then spend the rest of their lives in. Oh, that's a terrific cover letter. Holy cow. Good job. <laughs> no wonder why you're in the position you are now, obviously. No, you're fantastic. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, well, like you said, it did, it started on Wall Street and it was able to grow kind of like you said, into so many different segments and areas. Talk to me what that growth looked like. So pre-pandemic, we were sitting around 400 million square feet of projects. Um, and most times our clients were focusing on one particular building within their portfolio. They'd pick their headquarters, they'd pick the building that was going to undergo a renovation. They'd think this is this is our opportunity to implement well-being strategies. In light of the pandemic, equity has actually played a huge role in advancing our movement. 
um, we created ratings, which are subsets of the well building standard, which are hyper focused on a specific problem. So our health safety rating is focused on emergency preparedness, disaster relief, infectious disease, you know, all of those strategies that have anything to do with that. Our equity rating is going to look at the features that have something to do with justice, equity, diversity, inclusion, accessibility, universal design, you name it. We have a performance rating that's looking at all of those features that you can monitor in real time. So air quality, lighting, acoustics, everything that can have a measurement and a readout. And by chunking the standard into more bite-sized chunks, as well as introducing our Well at Scale program, which really encouraged organizations to think broadly about all of the people they serve, both remotely and in person, and all of the offices that they hold, or retail branches, or you know, fill in the blank, all of their buildings, we really started seeing that growth take off in an exponential way. So I said 400 million square feet pre-pandemic, we are just about to eclipse 5 billion square feet today. So you can do the math. It's It's been hugely monumental in terms of just seeing whole organizations enroll their entire portfolios in this program. And do you tend to see these, these um, organizations and companies be more reactive or proactive? You know, there's a lot of different motivating strategies for them. Um, lately, it's been a lot about attracting and retaining the best talent. They know they have to do something to get people to come back into the office. So the health safety rating has been a really great fit to say, we've done everything we can to keep this building healthy and safe. And we've had a third party verify it. We've got our seals on the door. You can feel confident returning to this environment. But they also know that there's a lot of... Um, power in their employees, right? They can choose where they want to work. They can choose if they want to switch industries. A lot of people had a lot of time to grapple with working for organizations that were truly aligned to their vision and mission and values. And they also wanted to feel cared for by their organizations. So, um, you know, there's the attraction and retention is kind of one of those huge drivers, but equity has been a strong driver from kind of the global fortune 500s and also just creating a culture of health that they can use as a guiding framework when they come into a position of power and want to demonstrate their unique touch at the organization. You know, these strategic five and 10 year plans, a lot of companies are reporting out in their ESG reports, their environmental, social and governance reports. And before well came onto the scene, there really wasn't a lot of solid measures for the S component of ESG, the social or human capital component. You're comparing somebody's wellness program with somebody else's ergonomics program with someone else's new parent support. And it's kind of like a whole fruit basket, right? But when you use a framework like well, which is third party verified, and organizations can work to get a well score, or they can work to achieve well milestones like our ratings or like the pursuit of certification. Those are legitimate metrics that they can then report out on year over year. So we see they sometimes start with a rating and then expand into the well at scale program. 
And then you watch their score tick up over time. And that's something that they're really proud to promote annually in these reports. Mm-hmm. And do you think it's being, you know, third party verified, having those legitimate metrics that are some of the ways that the Wellbuilding Institute is really able to separate itself from its competition? Absolutely. There's there's really no other solution on the market that does go through this much rigor. Um, the, the science behind every strategy and the fact that you could go online today, wellcertified.com, and read the whole standard in detail and see all of the citations and click down the links and see, okay, this is how it's relating to this aspect of my health. Um, that is un, unheard of. Um, and so that's always been something that I've been really proud of our organization for coming from such an academic background. You know, I studied this before the Wellbuilding Institute even existed, and I've always been passionate about these topics, but seeing the science behind it and then holding our clients to a high standard of rigor saying, you know, you could design to a checklist, mm-hmm. but until you do your on-site performance test, you don't actually know how clean the air is. If you could see it, that's a real problem. <laughs> but you know, you can't you can't say that you care about things that you don't measure and that you don't establish a baseline for. So that really provides a lot of legitimacy and credibility to the solution that we offer. I think that's really interesting. And you know, Angela, with with your background and your experience, I'm curious to pick your brain a little bit and hear if there are any common misconceptions that you tend to hear often, um, not necessarily about the well-building institute, but maybe the industry in general. Anything that comes to mind when I ask that question? Yeah, you know, a lot of people still think that these solutions have to be expensive, and they don't. You know, a lot of the class A office buildings that we're working with. People always ask, when's the right time to pursue certification? And it's like, well, today, you know, any, no time is better than the present. And you can achieve certification at the highest levels in historic buildings. Our building's a landmark building in New York City. It's, um, it's remarkable when you see just how standard a lot of these practices have become and the real solution that we're offering is thinking about it holistically, right? Thinking about how you're promoting community engagement, what types of strategies you have around mental health support. Um, Do you have a nourishment program? Are you offering food on site? Is it the right type of food? Are you encouraging people to be more active or more engaged with their their neighbors, you know, loneliness pandemic is a real thing, especially with hybrid work. So it's just thinking about things in a much more comprehensive way and knowing if you're expecting your employees to bring their whole selves to work, then you should supply an environment that really supports them to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that's terrific. And it's, you know, it sounds like the Wellbuilding Institute really takes a people-centric approach and really focusing, like you mentioned, you know, the ESG reports, really focusing on that, you know, that social and human capital portion of, you know, a, of a company. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. People first places. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Angela, I think this has been a terrific conversation. As we start to wrap up, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it be advice, another note on the Wellbuilding Institute, anything you want to leave our listeners with? You know, some of the best advice that I received early in my career was to build relationships. And in this 
people first places movement, this healthy building movement, a building is nothing without the people inside. And there's been so many incredible opportunities that I've been able to participate, to participate in throughout my career based on the relationships that I've made. So um, pretty much whatever role you find yourself in, um, always make allies at work and at other organizations because it's really helped me advance a lot in my career. I think that's terrific. Well, Angela, thank you so much for an insightful, you know, powerful conversation. I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Great to have you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.